Welcome to the Life Untapped podcast, where we help you rediscover your potential so that you feel confident, clear, and independent. Have you inadvertently put yourself last all these years by putting others first, only to wake up in your midlife and find yourself lost in the shuffle? Girl, I have so been there. Let me share with you the lessons I've learned to create a new direction to rediscover yourself. Together, let's go on a journey of mastering your potential, tapping into the power that already exists inside of you. We'll talk confidence, self-care, organization, health and well-being, money mindsets, financial hacks, and how to kick your limiting beliefs to the curb for good. We will find and establish your vision, get crystal clear on it. This is your blueprint, your life untapped. I'm your host, Francine Rivera, lifestyle consultant and certified health coach. I'm also the founder of the Life Untapped Coaching System, where you can earn as you learn with our affiliate program. Check it out at thelifeuntapped.com and grab our free mini course, The Guilt-Free Balanced Life, while you are there. Are you ready for your blueprint? Let's dig in. Welcome back to Life Untapped. A few weeks ago, probably more than a few weeks ago, was August 30th. I interviewed Amanda Neely on episode 44, and we spoke about tips for planning your financial future. Now, her and her husband are the founders of Grandma's Wealth Wisdom. And about the same time, she interviewed me for her podcast. She has two podcasts. So she has Grandma's Wealth Wisdom, and then she has another podcast, Fife, which is geared to feminine, so feminine financial independence. And it might, Fife actually might stand for financial independence, feminine empowerment. So I loved it, uh, the, how she just gears it more towards females because I feel like most of the financial world these days is is just dominated by men. And I feel like women need to have a slightly different path in how we approach things. We just understand and process things just slightly different than our male counterparts, right? So she interviewed me on my money mindsets on growing up. My parents were entrepreneurs. I don't know if you guys know that. They had a brick and mortar business because there was no online back then. And this is going way back. And it was in Brooklyn, Bensonhurst to be exact. And it was a driving school. So my father one day, um, funny story, worked for a bank. But he worked part-time. His second job was teaching people how to drive. And then one day he came home and told my mother, hey, guess what? I bought a business. He bought his boss's business at the time. I guess he was selling, getting rid of it, retiring, whatever. Offered it to my father. My father said, sure, without even talking it over with my mother. He's a great guy, so don't get the wrong impression. It's just, I don't don't know. I guess he just was excited. And and this is, gosh, early 70s, y'all. So it's probably a little bit different then than it would be now and uh yeah so that's how he started that business and then that's very seasonal so then he got into the insurance brokerage side and he um sold mostly auto insurance because it tied in with the new drivers that is that he was teaching but he was licensed with pnc which is property and casualty so he was able to sell everything but life and health that was in his licensing so anyway that's just a little bit of backstory how I grew up with entrepreneurial parents. I credit a lot of my entrepreneurial mindset to my father who never 
never gave up. And there were some really, really rough years in business. But anyway, Amanda interviewed me on my mindset of on money growing up, how that affected me and what my mindset is now. So I really thought I would take the audio from the her interview on her podcast and share it here with you guys because I think it's just beneficial. I think it'll benefit you guys and help you to think differently about the programming. We all have programming. Um, so if you can just recognize maybe some of the programming you have to your financial situations or your money mindsets, it may be helpful to help you reframe that. So enjoy. I hope you enjoyed this interview. And uh, here we go. Hi, welcome back to the Fife podcast. Uh, today, I've got a fun interview that I did with Francine Rivera. This is one that has not appeared anywhere else, not on YouTube or anywhere. Um, Francine and I recorded the audio specific for this show. A little bit about Francine. She loves to help women in their midlife rediscover themselves, manage their time, put themselves first, really figure out how to do that. Her whole thing is to live a life untapped. And I'll put a link to her website in the show notes if you want to check that out. A couple big takeaways from this episode. I um, hadn't really experienced this myself, but it was cool to hear from a different perspective um, Francine's take on discovering that it's not necessarily about how much you make, it's about how much you keep. And she found a lot of freedom thinking about, well, just because you can afford the payments for something doesn't mean you need that something, whether it's a house or a car, right? Or um, really whether you can afford it, right? Just because you can afford the payments doesn't necessarily mean you can afford the thing, right? And all those payments that it adds up to. So an interesting perspective there, because those payments eat away at how much right you can keep of what you make. So I love how Francine shares that from her experience in her own life's story. And then toward the end of the interview, we were talking about personal development. And I found it really interesting, this idea, almost like a chicken and an egg uh, idea, of which comes first, personal development or building wealth building wealth or personal development. I share a little bit of my own story and Francine shares kind of the process that she takes people through and what uh, comes first in her experience and what people, if they really want to build wealth, some of the things they need to do or that she finds helpful on kind of as precursors to being ready to tackle money. So be sure uh, to listen, and but also think, like, what do you think is the thing that you need to focus on that will get you ready to building wealth? Not to use it as an excuse, right? I'm not going to worry about my money until X, Y, or Z. No, use it as a way to say, okay, as I prepare for or as I'm starting to get serious about my money, I also need to think about these parts of my life, that that's going to actually free me up to focus on my money or to, as I'm focusing on my money, it's going to not be a distraction or uh, get in the way, that kind of thing. So um, enjoy this interview with Francine and be sure to check out her website, francinerivera.com. Welcome to the show, Francine. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Uh, 
I know your story. It's going to be one that our audience is going to love and find of benefit. Let's go back in your story to like, as you were growing up, what was money like for you? What were some of the major lessons you learned about money from the adults that you're around when you're a kid? Yeah, that it was um, scarce. You know, I always heard easy come, easy go. (laughs) Um, So like I grew up with a scarcity mindset. It was really all I knew you know, money doesn't grow on trees. That was like another one. Whenever you you asked for something that was like a common response. Mm. So that's, was my programming really much of my life and everywhere, all my friends, Mm. again, all thought the same way. I never thought differently. I didn't think anybody did think differently. Yeah. And then as you grew up and transitioned to being an adult and creating your own story with money. Did you find that those things were true, false, somewhere in between? Oh, false. (laughs) Um, My journey with personal development just opened up all this new way of thinking. I was like, what? Like, how did I live all my life without knowing the other side to this? (laughs) Um, So it's something I, I, I'm just going to admit, I struggle with daily that's to still have like an abundance mindset versus the scarcity mindset that I grew up with. So it's still something that I have to catch myself with now, as opposed to falling back into old habits and thinking, oh no, it's scarce and there's just a limited supply. And, you know, again, just thinking that you just can't have more of it and options aren't available. And it's just, it's so different from the way I grew up. And it's wild because my parents were entrepreneurs Hmm. and they still had that mindset that you just, you had to be careful. You had to keep what you made because, you know, business can turn, um, their business was seasonal. Hmm. So, you know, they had to save in the up season because they knew like winter was coming. Yeah metaphorically. So, (laughs) so they had to, you know, gather in the summer to make it through the winter. And that's just what they believed, even though they were entrepreneurs and it was somewhat true because if their business was seasonal, but like I said, just my personal growth journey as an adult has just taught me all these like different ways to think and reframe those old thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. And he like, moments you can point back to or like major events that happened that have shaped how you've thought about or used money throughout your adulthood so far with my new thinking of abundance mindset yeah just that there's enough to go around and that it's not a limited supply and it's really our thoughts that create our reality Hmm. So again, it's just constantly keeping my thoughts in check and reframing them and constantly staying on that personal development. Cause Mm -hmm. I didn't learn this until gosh, late (laughs) forties. I wish I knew this when I was younger, (laughs) but I did not. Yeah. And how has it impacted you since those late forties? Like, have you seen times of abundance that have like reinforced, like, yeah, there is an unlimited supply out there or like gotten through a rough time because of that mindset, anything along those lines? Well, yeah. I mean, nothing specifically that I could think of right now, but for sure running my own business, just that mindset has opened up doors for me 
because I feel like you're just opening up this portal <laughs> when you think differently that you just attract more. Yeah. Um, I know that sounds a little woo woo, but it's what I believe now. No, I, I agree. Like I I've seen too many times when people get clear on if they, if they all of a sudden got a windfall, what they would do with it. Right. Or if their income increased by 10%, they're clear mm-hmm. on what they would do with those funds. And they have that set. Then more often than not, I start seeing that increase in their lives, right? They, yeah. they get that 10% bonus. They get an unexpected windfall. They land a big customer, that kind of thing. And right. who knows like what's really going on there, but there's some, I think there's something to that when you know, like, and you have a plan, maybe the yeah. money was going to come anyway, but because you have the plan, you know, you know what you would do with it. You actually, it doesn't just evaporate because you spend it all right. You, it right. goes to that plan. Yeah. I feel it's like law of attraction or just magnetism or just something that you're just open for it and you're not blocking it. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about like how the, what was the motivation behind starting the business? How, how was your, how has that continued your money journey, uh, changed it? Um, and of course, tell us more about the business too, because I know our audience doesn't know that yet. Yeah, sure. Um, oh gosh, where to begin? <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I guess started in the online. No, I had a brick and mortar first. Let's go way back. Okay. So because I was raised by entrepreneurial parents, I just loved that where there was no cap on your income. And you were in charge. So I had an online, no, I had a brick and mortar business, which was a fitness studio. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Closed my doors for a number of reasons after a few years and then went into the online space. And now the geographical borders are just like wide open. And it just gave me the freedom where I didn't have that before. So now I've got the freedom to just work around my family and create as much money as I want. So my business is actually, it's life on tap. I'm a life coach, but I specifically help women in their midlife uh, rediscover themselves and just create their vision because they've put themselves last all these years, typically, you know, to put the kids and the husband in first and we help them pay off some debt and become financially independent of their spouse, which I know could be a thing for women in their fifties and sixties. We probably, probably not all of us, but relied on most of our husband's income for a long time. So that's, that's my business end of it. But when I started my personal development journey, I went to this event once and I heard it wasn't how much you made. It was how much you keep. And I was like, it was like a punch to my gut. I was like, wait, what? I was always, I was always told it was how much you made. And I, and that sh- that one sentence shifted my whole mindset on money. And then, you know, the stories you realize if you can't manage, say a hundred dollars, you're probably not going to be able to manage a million. Yep. If you can't live below your means, what you're making now, you, you're just always going to live above your means. So it was more of a skill and a mindset rather than how much you made. Yeah. Yeah. So that rocked my world. <laughs> I love that. That is such a powerful lesson. Keep going. Like, how did it rock your world? How did things start shifting for you? I know like to even like, I think your business tagline, you talk about 
helping women embrace a growth mindset. That growth mm-hmm. mindset is often about how much you're making and people want to earn more and more, but yeah. it sounds like you've maybe you define that a little differently with when it comes to at least money. Yeah. Well, for myself, my husband and I, we also learned in that same event that debt is a slave. And just because you can't, you just because you can afford the payments doesn't mean you should. Yeah. So I came home and I looked at my house and I got physically sick <laughs> over how much stuff I had and how, you know, look, I wasn't living in a, in a million dollar home, but there was granite, there was some marble, you know, there was like mm-hmm. ornate molding and I got sick of going, why, why? Mm-hmm. Like, who is this for? So I was like really scared. Cause I had to tell my husband, we need to sell the house. And we had just built it like two, two or three years prior. He was like, he, I was like, he's going to kill me. But I laid out this whole plan. I was like, listen, if we sell the house and downsize, we can pay off X amount of debt and we can just be freer. Like, sure, we were affording the payments. It was no problem, but there wasn't that much left over to give and giving to us was very important. So we came up with this plan. We sold the house. We paid off $110,000 worth of debt just by selling the house. We, so we went to a lower mortgage. Yeah. We paid off two cars because again, if you could afford the car payment, why not get the fancy car? So we, and oh, and we had one leased car. So we are like, all right, we're not going to lease anymore. So we bought two cars. We owned them outright. We had, you know, a boat. We was like, okay, no more boat loan, you know, stupid little things that you think if I could afford the payment, why not? That was my mindset up until that point. So then we just downsized. I still lived in a beautiful home. It wasn't as ornate or as big or as fancy. I still drove nice cars, but all I had now was a small mortgage. And that was just so freeing because now we can just give away more money. Yeah. Yeah. And in terms of your level of satisfaction or happiness or joy in life, how did that change with that freedom to give? Oh, definitely happier. Cause when you, I felt lighter. Yeah. Like I said, like, even though you can afford the payments, it's still, oh my gosh, every month, all this money is going out. Like it's just, it's freedom. You can't explain. And if I had known this earlier, I'd be totally debt-free. Now my house would be paid off, but because my husband is 64, I'm going to be 57. If we tackle the mortgage now, it's going to really impact our lifestyle in our retirement years where, so we made the decision not to do it. And our mortgage is so small that, and with interest rates being so low that it really is such a low payment. It doesn't affect us. But like I said, if we had known this years ago, we definitely would be mortgage free at this point. Yeah. But good for you for thinking, well, if we put more on our mortgage, all we get is like to pay off the mortgage faster. But if we put Mm -hmm. that extra to grow for us and our retirement funds, those kind of things, then we're going to be able to have more income in retirement. And then if we still need to make some mortgage payments, then that's fine. Cause we're going to have the extra income to be able to do it with. That sounds like the decision you made there. I think that's yeah. very smart. Love it. Yeah. We didn't want, we didn't want to like, I don't want to say the word suffer, but we didn't want to like really grind now right. in, you know, like now that he's fully retired, mm-hmm. it just didn't make sense because we would be it would probably take maybe seven years to pay off the mortgage, which isn't a lot of time. 
But when you're in your 60s and you want to maybe travel, you just got to weigh the two and decide which is best. Right. And yeah. Not doing that was best yeah. for us. Yeah. Everybody's got their own priorities. Absolutely. Yeah. How has the personal shifts that you've done with money and paying off debt and downsizing, how has that impacted your business? It made it was I was because I was able now to put more into my business. So to even start it, to invest in the coaching, to invest in the programs, to get the tech out there, to hire the team, I, I had that money. Whereas I probably wouldn't have had it years ago because it was all tied up in all my payments. So yeah, yeah so I had just the extra money to for the capital to do it. Yep. The, there's stats out there about like why businesses close and the majority of businesses close because of lack of money. And most people think that's because, well, they're just not making enough sales, right? Like that's why they ran out of money, but it's more often the case that the entrepreneur, the business owner doesn't have enough money to fuel the growth of the business. They're, they're strapped personally. So they can't, you know, kind of because they're in personal debt, so much of their income is going to that or, they don't have assets that they can leverage lots of variables there, but then the business kind of stalls because they can't ever fuel that growth. And I, I love that you've been able to fuel growth because you got your personal side settled and has yeah. that resulted in more income for you? Uh, yeah, it has. I mean, it's still a slow growth. I launched last year in the pandemic, lucky me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's going. And like I said, there's no stress over it because I've got that freedom in my personal side finances that I can shift over to the business. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's definitely, there's no stress there. Like I'm, I'm cool. I'm good. It can take slow if it wants to, <laughs> I'm not stressed. <laughs> what kind of lessons are you, you wanting to make sure the next generations think, you know, um, kids, grandkids, kind of ages, what do you want them to learn and take away from your story? Oh, to delve into personal development, to learn there's other viewpoints, I guess, for lack of a better word that you may not know, because like I said, when I grew up with those money mindsets and then to find out probably in my late forties, that there was a whole other side to think of. So yeah, start young, delve into personal development, and get a hold of your finances, like figure out what's important to you. Do you, some people maybe even you have after hearing this, don't want to be debt free. They just want to like live their life. And that's cool. I feel like it's like a diet. If you go in on some kind of like eating plan and you feel really, really deprived, you're going to hate it. And then you're going to binge. So you have to figure out what's going to work for you. Like there are people who, oh my gosh, they're like not going to go to get their nails done. They're going to cancel their gym membership. They're going to pay off their debt, but you don't have to go all in. If that's not you, just take it slower and just do what works for you and your family. So you're not going to feel deprived <laughs> like a diet and then just give up and throw in the towel, like figure out what works for you, how much debt you're comfortable with, and then either go all in, go a little bit in, just do whatever is right for you. Yeah. I love that. The small shifts, even 1% changes over time can make a huge difference. Oh, absolutely. And you're more likely to do it over the long term with those Mm -hmm. small shifts. Yeah. Yeah. If it's sustainable to you and you're not going to feel deprived and, you know, oh my gosh, I can't go out to eat because I have this car loan. No, there's, you could have a little fun budget and still make a small shift in your debt. Yeah, absolutely. Now, 
your expertise, your focus is on women in midlife. Talk mm-hmm. to those women listening right now. What would you want them to understand about your work and how it could relate to their money as well? Yeah, that is, it's not too late. Like, I know you're looking at your life going, oh, you know, maybe the best is behind me and I've made these mistakes and, you know, I'm in my fifties and it's too late. Like, it's not too late. <laughs> you underestimate how much you can accomplish in just a year even. So we, we coach them. We start with their, with their beliefs and confidence, because again, you've had this way of thinking all your life and we have to reframe a bunch of stuff, build your confidence. Then we work on their vision and their clarity because it's been so long since they've had any dreams because they put themselves last all these years. So we work on that. Then we work on the self-care and that is like the foundation, I think, for everything else that comes after it. We work on their health and wellness. And uh, I joke, my systems have systems. I'm such an organized person. So we teach them a little bit of time management and home management systems. And then we get into reducing debt and increasing their income. So they could be a little bit financially independent, have their own, you know, fun money to do things. Yeah. So it's all about what fits their life. But I feel like those are the pillars that will get them there. Yeah. I love how those kind of build up on each other. Cause when I look back at my own story, um, about a year before I started my, like getting serious about my financial journey and, you know, learning how to build real wealth and pay off debt and, you know, things like that about a year before was when I decided I need to do some self-care. And for me, it looked like I was an entrepreneur at that point. I, we owned a brick and mortar. I was going to at least take one uh, evening off per week to do a date with my husband. That's what self-care looked like for yeah. me at that point. Cause we were working who knows how many hours. And I think that decision to put myself, um, and like me as a person and as a wife, like ahead of me as an entrepreneur, and that then laid the groundwork to be able to dream about money and Right. being able to shift some of that poverty mindset into actually I could build wealth that last generations and stuff. So I love that you, how you built that up. Right. And you ha- even had self-care before, uh, right. then tackling the finances. Yeah. I feel like it all, it stacks on each other Yeah, and you just have to do those foundational steps before you get to, like, you can't just go right into I think in my program, my coaching program, we just don't tackle the money first because there's so many foundational steps you need to have before that. Yeah. It's like putting on your jewelry before you have your outfit on. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. That was an aha moment for me right there. I love it. As you think about your future and where you're going with your business, with your money, what kind of things are you looking to see change? How do you want to, you know, add continue that journey to make yourself, you know, even more proud. I want to learn investing. That's always been, how would you say it? Like a scary thing for me that I was like, Oh, I just don't, I don't understand that. So I just blocked it all out, but I realize I have to, I have to (laughs) learn. And it's probably not as hard as I think it's just a skill. And like anything else in life, you just need to take the time to to learn and, and do that. So in order to be, I guess, more, what's the word, like a good steward over my finances. Now I need to learn the investing part of it. Um, so that's, that's a goal of mine 
Yeah. So then, you know, what is happening within those retirement funds, how, how you can make decisions around that, right. those kind of things. Yeah. 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 Yep. Good for you that I love that as a growth area so that you're not dependent on someone else to make those decisions for you. Right. I mean, it would yeah. be so easy to just call up your advisor and say, right. Hey, just do it. I don't want to understand. Just do it. <laughs> right. But I don't think that's being a good steward. Exactly. hundred yeah. percent agree. Love it. Okay. Be sure. So I want to hear any parting words and then where folks can find you, uh, your podcast, your website, that kind of thing. So, cause I know that people from our audience are going to want to connect with you and find out how you can help them. Yeah, sure. Um, Well, I mean, parting words, I would be just, again, everything in life is a skill. So just make the commitment to yourself to be just better than you were yesterday and just invest in a coach or learn, pick up a book, go to the library and just, just do it. Don't, you're never too old. So yeah. And if people want to learn more, FrancineRivera.com is where they can find me, learn more about me. I, I'm on all the places like IG and Facebook, Francine Rivera. My coaching program is called Life Untapped, the Blueprint. Uh, that's a do-it-yourself course, or they can work one-on-one with me and where we personalize the course to your specific needs. And they can also set up a free call. Um, Everything's on the website, francinerivera.com. Great. We'll put that link in the show notes too. So really easy for people to find. Thank Thank you you so much, Francine. It's a pleasure to hear your story. Oh, you are so welcome. Thanks so much for listening. But before you go, If you found value in today's show, I would love it if you would take a screenshot of this episode and share it with others on social media. And be sure to hit that subscribe button and head on over to iTunes or wherever you listen to rate and leave a review. It is how we can empower, educate, and shift how others visualize their lives. Until next time, my friend, remember to live a life untapped. You are worth it.